Is this frequency in use? Welcome to Southgate Vibes, a selection of the latest stories direct from Southgate Amateur Radio News. I'm Steve Richards, Golf 4 Hotel Papa Echo, and in this podcast, you're going to hear my personal picks of what is happening in amateur radio and the wider world of communications. Whether you're just starting out in ham radio or an experienced operator spinning around the spectrum for those rare and sometimes strange signals, I hope you'll find something to entertain you here. Welcome to Southgate Vibes. Eyes down, two fat ladies, this is podcast number 88. Well, the usual mixed bag for you, all about radio and related things, and I hope you'll find something of interest. I'm still feeling very smug about working Victor Papa 8 Lima Papa, Bob, on the Falkland Islands a few nights ago. He was a very fine signal on the 20-metre band. It wasn't until after the contact that I realised that it was the very same VP8LP who happened to be talking on air to the BBC club station in London when he gave news of the Argentine invasion of the islands in 1982. This was the first confirmation of the invasion, as all government communications from the official cable and wireless station on the Falklands had mysteriously ceased earlier that day. The recipient of the message was Laurie Margolis, Golf 3 uniform Mike Lima, who is still a member of the BBC Club to this day. Now, a number of you have been in touch, saying how much you like the heartwarming stories that we come across from time to time. Whether it's radio hams giving their voluntary time during disasters, or ways that radio enthusiasts reach out to each other over the airwaves. Well, we found another nice one. This time, a proud radio ham dad doing something special to wish his daughter a fond farewell as she heads off to study. American newspaper, the Bemidji Pioneer, reports that radio amateur Robin Bayer, Kilo Golf Zero Oscar Charlie, constructed a 40-foot rocket as a send-off gift for his daughter. Though it may not have an engine, or even make it into space, Kilo Golf Zero Oscar Charlie is still extremely proud of the 40-foot rocket standing tall above his family home. The mock rocket was constructed on his amateur radio tower as a send-off gift for his daughter, Ali, who will be attending the University of Minnesota Duluth to study biochemistry and biology. Climbing the tower isn't quite as easy as it used to be, Bayer said. It's been about 10 years since I was last up there. Bayer removed the tower's antennas and then installed reinforced plastic for the rocket's body. He also added a flared base before cutting custom lettering out of scrap wood. His daughter, Ali, said, You don't know how excited I was to see it, and I didn't know my dad had this planned for me. She said, It's a visualisation of my parents' support for me, especially since they're taking a bit of a gamble on me with my interest in new emerging fields of space science. Bayer said it was important to support Ali's interest in astronomy, which started with a telescope he had received from his dad. KG0OC said that they sat on the back deck for years, stargazing at night, and Ali became really good with memorising the constellations, and this was a seed that got planted that's been nurtured throughout the years. 
A 2021 graduate of Bemidji High School, Ali plans to work at the Marshall Allworth Planetarium at the University of Minnesota Duluth to gain exposure to the space industry whilst at college. In the next couple of years, she plans to apply for internships at NASA or a private company. You can read the full story at www.bemidjipioneer.com. Quite some years ago now, I got quite heavily involved in the amateur radio version of the internet. It's known as Ampernet. This runs in the same way as the internet we know and you possibly love, but the platform for the connection is radio. I had an omnidirectional VHF node, which other amateurs could connect to in order to exchange emails and files, which was supported by a backbone of three UHF transceivers and highly directional beam antennas, utilising higher data rates, which joined my station into a chain of similar nodes up and down the country. Well, I no longer live on top of one of the highest hills in my area, so I moved on to other aspects of ham radio. But it's good to hear that Ampernet is still going from strength to strength in its efforts to educate people in the fascinating and complex world of networking. Since its allocation to amateur radio in 1981, Internet Network 44, known as the Ampernet, has been used by amateur radio operators to conduct scientific research and to experiment with digital communications over radio, with the goal of advancing the state of the art of amateur radio networking and to educate amateur radio operators in these techniques. Amateur Radio Digital Communications, ARDC, is a non-profit public benefit Californian corporation formed to further these goals. It does so by managing the allocation of network resources, encouraging research and experimentation with networking protocols and equipment, publishing technical articles and other activities to promote the public good of amateur radio digital communications and related fields. They've recently begun to contribute funding to organisations, groups, individuals and projects towards these and related goals. Amateur radio is an entirely voluntary activity performed by technically knowledgeable hobbyists who've proven their ability by passing government examinations. No remuneration is permitted. Ham radio, as it's known, has proven its value in advancements of the state of the communication arts, as well as in public service during disasters and times of emergency. You can find out more at www.ampa.org. That's www.alphamikepaparomeo.org. You're listening to Southgate Vibes with me, Steve, G4 Hotel Papa Echo. We'd love to hear from you. If you have a comment or a question, pop us over an email. Our address is vibes at southgatearc.org. That's vibes at southgatearc.org. You never know, we might feature your message in a future edition. News from the USA now about a wonderful old ship which has recently reached 100 years old. It seems that radio systems installed on this vessel played a major part during the 1920s in helping pioneering explorers to understand more about long-distance communication, an amazing legacy which it seems is often forgotten. The ocean-going schooner Bowdoin is a century old this year. 
Now owned by America's main maritime academy as a training vessel, the ham radio history of the 88-foot Bowdoin is often neglected. Constructed in Maine specifically for Arctic exploration, the vessel relied on amateur radio for communications during explorer Donald B. McMillan's Arctic expedition of 1923 and on the McMillan-McDonald bird expedition of 1925. This was thanks in part to the co-founder of the American Radio Relay League, the U.S. National Amateur Radio Society, Hiram Percy Maxim, Whiskey One Alpha Whiskey. The venerable ship, the official vessel of the state of Maine and the flagship of Maine Maritime Academy's Vessel Operations and Technology Programme, recently underwent a complete hull restoration and a refitting, and has done a little touring to mark its centenary. The long-wave transmitters Macmillan used on his earlier missions had proved unable to penetrate the screen of the Aurora Borealis, well, so wrote then ARRL historian Michael Marinaro, Whiskey November 1 Mike, in his article Polar Exploration for the June 2014 issue of QST magazine. In 1923, Macmillan turned to the ARRL for help in outfitting his next expedition with better wireless gear. Marinaro recounted that it was enthusiastically provided. Maxim and the ARRL board recruited Donald H. Mix, one Tango Sierra, of Bristol, Connecticut, to accompany the crew as its radio operator. M.B. West, an ARRL board member, designed the gear, which was then built by amateurs at his firm, Zenith Electronics. The transmitter operated on the medium wave bands on 185, 220 and 300 metres, running 100 watts from a pair of Western Electric G tubes. The shipboard station on board the Bowdoin was given the callsign Whiskey November Papa, standing for Wireless North Pole. WNP transmitted weekly 500-word press releases and listings of stations worked and heard. Once received by amateur stations, these reports were delivered to local affiliated newspapers of the North American Newspaper Alliance, and from there they were distributed syndicate-wide by telegraph. Macmillan's subsequent attempt at the North Pole centred around wireless. The objectives, supported by the Navy and the National Geographic Society, were to determine the full capabilities of radio north of the auroral belt and to explore the northern reaches by air. Indeed, the outstanding accomplishment of the 1925 expedition was in the sphere of radio. Utilising short waves, the expedition was in consistent contact with the outside world throughout the journey, to the delight of the amateurs who were able to work them. This phenomenal success proved to the Navy that short waves were definitely superior to the long waves and ultra-long waves that the fleet had been using. <laughs> You are listening to Southgate Vibes with me, Steve, G4 Hotel Papa Echo. It's all about radio and the wider world of communications. I've picked out some of the latest stories from Southgate Amateur Radio News, and you can find a lot more by going to southgatearc.org. And sticking with long-wave signals, we do, of course, still have many broadcasters who use the band to cover large geographical areas. The Irish broadcaster, RTE, has a 248-metre-tall tower in County Meath, which delivers RTE Radio 1 on long-wave. It was erected in 1987, despite protests from local residents. 
By the way, for you broadcasting history acolytes, you may recall that a radio station called Atlantic 252 came from the same mast. RTE took back over the transmitters in 2002 to provide a service to their expats living in Britain. The station uses a specifically built pair of both air and water-cooled 300,000-watt solid-state transmitters, which could be combined to give double power if necessary, and built by Varian Associates of Texas. The Irish Radio Transmitters Society reports that Irish broadcaster RTE recently carried out essential maintenance on their long-wave transmitter in Clarkstown, County Meath. The work took two months, during which period RTE Radio 1 was not available on 252 kHz. This essential maintenance of the transmitter was due to be carried out in 2020, but was postponed due to COVID-19 restrictions. For the health and safety of those carrying out the works, the transmitter had to be switched off for the maintenance period. Any overhaul has to be completed during the summer months when there's good light and weather conditions. Transmissions commenced once again last Monday with an output power of 500,000 watts during the day and 100,000 watts at night time. During the shutdown, it became possible to receive Radio Algeria transmitting on the same frequency with 1.5 million watts during the day and 750,000 watts at night, broadcasting a varied programme. Well, that's it for this time. You've been listening to Southgate Vibes, stories about amateur radio and the world of communications from Southgate Amateur Radio News. You can find these stories and many more daily reports at our website, southgatearc.org. Don't forget, we'd love to hear from you. You can get in touch by sending an email to vibes at southgatearc.org. So until next time, this is Steve Richards, G4 Hotel Papa Echo, signing off and wishing you best 7-3.